Hey guys, welcome to another episode of ARWP, the all real wrestling podcast. I am your host, Eric Novak, and today we have a special guest. He is the promoter and owner of WrestlePro Alaska, and you may know him from his Instagram lives because, well, he does it every day. <laughs> he is superstar KM, aka Kevin Matthews. Enjoy the video. I know you will. Alright guys, welcome to ARWP, the All Real Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Eric Novak, and today we have a special guest. He is KM, he is Kevin Matthews. Yo, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, of course. Yo, know, you know, this guy's been blowing me up for months and years and <laughs> centuries to be on this podcast, and I finally found the time. I'm in my car, as you can see. I have a very busy schedule. I had to pull over to make it happen, but I made it happen. I told you one way or another I'd make it happen. I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so let's get into this. I know you wrestled literally everywhere and everyone, so tell me the earliest match you can remember. I want to know what was like your first ever wrestling experience in a ring. Oh, my first ever match was in March 18, 2000. Damn, saying that now makes me sound so damn old. We're in 2020, the, the <laughs> 2020, the worst year ever. That 20 years ago, though, woo! I'm getting old. I remember when I was young, I was looking at all these people. I was like, wow, they, the old time wrestlers, old time wrestlers. Never really thought that I I would actually become one of the old time wrestlers, and I'm slowly creeping into that realm right now. <laughs> now when people tell me they're like, how long have you been wrestling? I'm like, oh damn, I like at one time it was like. 10 years now i'm like what do you want? i kind of don't want to say it because i'm like 20 years like oh my god whoa how old are you I'm like oh this is damn it shut up um so march 18 2000 was my first match it was at my school uh where i began training in brooklyn new york which is some nonsense i mean listen uh pat buck says it the best to new students are going to join school they said if you're lucky in three months you'll be able to have a really bad wrestling match like when that's the question like when do you think i'll be able to have my first match like, if you're lucky in three months you could have a really bad one all so right that was my i started training november 99 and if you do the math november to march you know that fell into pretty much that same time range <laughs> and uh, time realm and i had a really bad not even singles match uh really bad it was like 12 of us involved in that match and stuff like that but i don't know i don't i think i think maybe one of the 12 people from there he still dabbles in wrestling, but no one else, none of the other that would make, what, 10 others are even involved in wrestling. So I'm the last of uh, the Mohegans <laughs> on that one. All right. That's interesting. All right. So we're going to get to more of the interesting questions. We're going to get to what's the largest card you ever worked because you wrestled literally everywhere. You know, what's the largest card you ever worked? I want to say it's everywhere. After watching your Instagram lives, I want to say it's everywhere because I've seen your entire career on Instagram live, basically. Instagram live, <laughs> freaking. Uh, so what? Wait, what was the question? So the, the largest, card? yeah, the largest card ever worked, and then we're gonna get to the smallest, and then my favorite one's the last one. Well, the smallest is one person. I wrestled in front of one. Actually, technically, no. I've done custom matches where it's in front of nobody, literally nobody. There's nobody there just for the camera. So that would. But as far as paying audience, one fan. LIWF Doghouse, one fan was in the crowd the boys the wrestlers started filling up the rest of the crowd to make some noise but there was actually legitimately one fan in the crowd <laughs> so uh, that's an easy one to remember the number one but um the largest one i i don't know i've never done any of these like crazy fifty thousand people things but i've done wwe work so whatever whatever uh those arenas held when 
Like I did some uh, extra like enhancement matches and stuff like that. The Wachovia Center in Pennsylvania mm. was pretty packed for uh, SmackDown. Uh, so and stuff like that where I did a velocity match. Um, so I don't know. It would probably be somewhere just the ten to 12,000 range maybe, something like that. All right. All right. I mean, I saw your work with India, and there was thousands of people. That was a big one for you, right? Well, with, with Impact, with uh, when I went – with in 2014 with Sanjay, you talk about the Apple yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was 3,500 there. Uh, that that was fun. With Impact, it was in a studio in 2017. That was in a studio, so there was the same thing as like in Orlando. There was only maybe you know six, seven hundred people there. But the uh, the first one, the outdoor one, yeah, there was 3,500 there. That was that was amazing. That was <laughs> that was pretty wild. All so. right, all right, interesting. All right, now my favorite question: It's what was the strangest place you ever worked? And when I mean that, I mean it could mean the ring, it could mean the place, the people you were working for or with. What was just the strangest place you've ever had to go or get booked or even participate in a match? Because I've heard answers from weed festivals to concerts to wrestling in an actual boxing ring and how you can't do any wrestling moves. Um, and those all sound cool. I've trained when I started training it. In Gleason's gym, Gleason's gym's a boxing uh, school, a notorious boxing school. That's where Johnny Rod's freaking school was, and he didn't even have a wrestling ring. He didn't even want to spend money on a damn wrestling ring. He just used all the boxing rings, a, like 22 by 22 foot boxing ring. You know what it's like learning how to bump in a boxing ring? I was taking that took years off my life. I yeah, but that. how do you do? How do you do springboard moves off that? The ropes I'm are. It, you know, the ropes were spaghetti noodles, and it was a boxing. It was a disaster. So that school, I don't even want to get into that. That thing was a mess. But finally, now at least I know I've seen videos and stuff. They have a real wrestling ring. So the students probably bought it themselves to save <laughs> years of their life. Um, uh, the, the what I, I mean, the constants of that stuff sounds cool. No, as far as strange places that uh, she wants to go, that I sorry, I just got a message. I said she no wants problem. to go. No. Um, Strange places that I've wrestled in. I remember this one company. I, I forget the initials. Random three initials. J something something. But um, probably when I started, maybe 2002 or, or a couple of years after I started, where I was just wrestling for anybody, thinking it was cool, like getting bookings. Like, oh, I got a show here. Show. Dude, I kid you not. This thing, I mean, it was a legitimate living room. Because, <laughs> like, I, like the the... the actual locker room was a real kitchen the ring i can't there was one row of fans of six there were six chairs and then the ring was touching both sides of the wall so so you could only put fans on one or the other side there's yeah. on the other the opposite side of those six fans it was a couch that a, like a legit fluffy couch that sat three people and there was a chair next to it so at the, the 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 full attendance was like ten people, and our locker room was a kitchen. It, I think it was a living room. I think it was somebody's legitimate real life <laughs> living room. They took out the furniture, and so that that sticks out to me. Where even to this day, I look back, I'm like, what the hell was that? So, NXT in your house? <laughs> no, it was legit in your house. And then um, I remember uh, I I remember doing a outdoor show in the parking lot of like a supermarket in Connecticut. In like 2000, maybe three or something around there, where I kid you not, there's like you're making your way to the ring and there's little old ladies going by with full shopping carts of groceries and like you're walking by you as you're coming out in spandex and <laughs> like that was that was pretty weird. It was pretty weird too. So I don't even know if they pulled a permit for that one because it didn't. The shopping supermarket was still open. It seems like they just set up the ring in front of the supermarket. 
that was weird in our obviously our our um iowa our, our locker room was the a truck the back of a truck with a tarp hanging over it and, that and the, sounds the, and, very familiar to i don't know if you've seen it but it was on WWE network it was the story time with uh those wrestlers like it's like an animation kind of thing and daniel bryan told a story very very similar to that like how he was in a van in a tarp like almost very similar to that i mean it definitely i mean it's it's a real thing that definitely happens across the country and stuff like that when i i wasn't i didn't wrestle on the only supermarket wrestling show i mean heidenreich in alabama doing uh <laughs> That, that, I don't know if you know about that notorious match. That's legendary, where they wrestled in the parking lot of Golden Corral. No, I never heard of that. Oh, my God. Google it. Hi I will. <laughs> versus Alabama Doink, Golden Corral. That match is amazing. It's better than the Steve Austin versus uh, Booker T at the grocery? Oh, oh my man. Yeah, that's, they're not even in the same. When I say amazing, I don't mean like Steve Austin versus Booker T. Ring work wise amazing. I mean the opposite amazing <laughs> like the worst train wreck where you can't stop watching and you're watching with your jaw on the floor um yeah it's uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing you have to see it all right i will i will definitely check that out thank you all right let's get out of you know more of the independency and get to like the company signings you managed to get to wwe which is amazing because not a lot of wrestlers have gotten through there tell me your experience with wwe and, you know, the challenges that you had to deal with there that necessarily you outgrew in, in the other companies? I mean, what you know, I, I, I got looked at a lot throughout uh, 2005, I think something like that. I did a little TNA enhancement work in 2004. Then WD started booking me throughout all of 05. Then they sent me down after like 30 appearances or extra work with WWE. They sent me to Georgia where I was... Uh, did a week tryout at the Deep South Wrestling Camp, uh, the developmental school they had, and then they gave the nod of approval, signed me, sent me on my way over there, and I mean, my story is well documented uh, from 16, whatever, 15 years ago, 14 years ago, however long it's been, where me and Mr. Bill DeMott, we did not see eye to eye, I did not agree with his training methods, and I mean, that's all water under bridge and in the past now, but uh like what you would call it? I don't. I who I would. I, I don't know what my future would have been there, had had that place been different. Had I went to OVW, it could have ended up the same. I could have made it a superstar. I don't, who knows? But I'm not one to dwell on the past. I I've done that too much over the years. And but um, it was just not. I did not have a good experience there. Um, but neither did a lot of people in that particular time in that developmental. I mean, it's a lot different nowadays. Thank for the better with NXT the way it is and and the changes they made and uh, the way they train talent, take care of talent, uh, look after them and stuff like that. So, like, they they, they, they fixed what they what was broken virtually and they, they turned it around and made it better and uh, Triple H building that PC and, and stuff like that, like, literally... They, they just took it to the next level with trying to groom talent for the future and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, like, I didn't get to experience what's going on now, which which is the right thing to do. I kind of, I, I went through the system when, you know, it was it was just not, it was, I mean, I don't know how else to phrase it other than it was, like, broken. Like, there's, there was the one it was awful. It was a horrible experience. The stuff going on there was not 
it was not okay. Like, I mean, I the people that do Dark Side of the Ring, there was a there was a thread going on on Twitter, yeah. like where they're saying they they might do one on this because like they want to gather more information to see if this is worthy of a Dark Side of the Ring. Because, <laughs> dude, it was the people that were there know what I'm talking about. Uh, like, the, a lot of fans could say bitter this, bitter that, which they did until other stories started spilling out and leaking out, and then everyone started pulling back because I was one of the most vocal people where if there's only one person saying the story, then it looks like he's, you know, it's it's a 50-50 if he's telling the truth. But then now that so many people have been matching uh, identical stories, I don't think any fans are really disputing um, what what we went through over there, which was pretty pretty horrible. Um, so my experience, again, you, you live and learn. Uh, I, it didn't break me. Uh, what's it called? My time in WWE was cut short i like to believe i have a good relationship i've done work with them since um over the last couple of years and i, I feel like i have a, a pretty good relationship i'm not like blackballed out of the company or anything like that uh so <laughs> uh, and then um from there i lived and learned and grew and then i uh, kept trucking it out wrestling you know started running shows started doing the promoter aspect of things uh then i got i got signed to impact wrestling and you know my career took a bunch of different paths and stuff and i still have a lot of other stuff on the table that uh, that i'm doing like i'm i'm probably going to be a lifer i can't see at some point just uh being done with the whole thing and, and ring work wise yes but uh i i'm going to be involved in wrestling one shape or another i, I like I like challenges and I like creating and, uh, and I like being a visionary and stuff like that. And like, that's what I, the, my whole Alaska stuff that I'm doing. I, I like thinking outside the box and not just being complacent. I don't want to hit up promoters saying, Hey, book me and, you know, give me 50 bucks and all that. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm past that point where I, I, I have a good brain. I have a good creative mind for this. I've been around long enough where I like to sit there and look at blank canvases and, uh, say like what can i paint on this let me see what i could do like doing the impossible like uh the alaska thing was deemed pretty almost impossible to pull off and i i, I pulled that one off and I'm yeah thinking. we will get to that though because that's an amazing show that's an amazing roster so we'll definitely get to that we'll also get to the promoting how you got promoting where you know what found you but let's let's stick with you for a second because i do you brought up dog side of the ring and i always i join your lives almost every night which is basically like a tradition now since this whole thing happened. And I want to know your take on this. Since you brought up Doug Side of the Ring, the Montreal screw job between, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, what do you think about it? As a, as a person who's been in this industry, who's examined it, who knows the people in it, how would you determine what that was? Well, I mean, I, I was always a Bret Hart guy. And in I, I, 1997, I was, what, third? 13 14 at that time uh i remember watching it being a little confused as to what the hell happened um i mean we've used brad hart now on a multiple uh multitude amount of our shows multitude of other that's not right, <laughs> right multitude amount of our shows we used him uh, multiple times on our shows in new jersey and we just brought him out i brought him out on december to our alaska event as well um so but at no point did I ever. I'm not. I'm not going to go up to Brett and say, yeah. "Hey, tell me about the Montreal screw." You know what I mean? Like he'll look at me like, "Are you? Are you joking right now?" So I mean, again, same thing in Impact. I was with Earl Hebner over there, and I had a good reputation and uh, and um, with Earl Hebner, and we talked and sh shot the shit all the time. And but again, I never said, "Hey, yeah, like I." I mean, I've been around the, these people that were there 
amongst it and I it's just not my place or business to just be nosy and to ask about it I mean it's just the, the best way I could look at that just it's just I think it just summarizes the the politics in wrestling and a lot of this backstabbing this politics and there was then there was way before that there is today there is a hundred years from now it's something that's going to live in wrestling forever uh that's one of the bigger incidences but again there's there's i mean dark side of the ring is just going to keep bringing out stories like this which is pretty cool like that fans don't even know about Mm -hmm. where because there is a lot of dark crap that goes on in pro wrestling but um it's just at the end of the day it comes down to politics and it's uh you could almost take something like this and relate it to ufc in a way where it's like brett okay what do we know about it brett was willing to part ways with the company at their request to go to wcw because they didn't want to pay him and uh, the same that he, he was and they gave him the blessing to go he just didn't want to lose in canada he was willing to lose the next night they signed off on it they agreed to it then they screwed him over UFC does the same thing in some aspects where a fighter says, hey, well, I'll fight this guy for this much. And then they go to the other fighter. The other fighter wants more money. They don't want to pay him. But then they change the situation and they contact somebody else, slide him in, strip this guy of the belt, and then they spin it all around. And then they put out a different story where it's like, oh, this happened because of it. But it's not the truth. There's this politics in MMA, the same where there is in pro wrestling, the same. I, I mean, I'm not a big sports guy. I guarantee it's just in every sport like that people people are gonna when especially when you're talking about dealing with money and going against the promoter's wishes and stuff like that that's when people are gonna start getting screwed over and stuff because cooler heads aren't always gonna prevail with situations like that um like all these years later um what we'll call it it seems like i mean brett's been there a million times now since uh and it's what you call it i think the bigger story would be owen hart involving his family rather than the montreal screw job uh what you call it. but i i think i think everything's just water under the bridge at this point and um everything i think that's all forgiven and it's at the end of the day i guess you can just say it was just business it was business on brett's end not to lose in canada it was business on vince's end to screw him over and felt they all felt what they did was right at the time and so I mean, again, I'm not. It's not mm-hmm. my to really ask. And, no, yeah, I, I, I'm a I didn't guy, mean though, to get I'm into. A hard guy. <laughs> I didn't mean to get like the the answer. I I didn't. And the question wasn't like, did you ask them? I just I know that you see wrestling in a different way than fans do. Since you're in the business, because I've listened to you talk about wrestling, I've seen the compassion. I've seen the the amount you'd go to to talk about a topic. So that's why that was just something that interested me. That's a good, like, one of those conspiracy theories that I, that I really thought would come great coming out of you. All right, let's get to Impact. Let's get to where you are with them right now, because if I'm not wrong, just a couple, I want to say months ago, they were in uh, the New York, and you did uh, a little bit of uh, backstage for them. Did you not? Yeah, I was there. Uh, I helped out. They, they used Pat Buck's ring and stuff like that. I got a bunch of our students booked on the show. Um what you call it and then they they utilized myself as a as a producer i was running gorilla position and doing the times on the matches and stuff like that and i produced one of our our students tag matches against each other so but yeah it was ultimately uh it was good it was positive and stuff like that i mean the roster saw me walking with a suit and they said wait what the <laughs> hell is it in this guy in a year and he shows up in a suit in his office now what <laughs> so that was kind of that that reaction was pretty hilarious uh 
aside from that, no, it was good. Like, listen, like I had a one time, like me and I butted heads with them a little bit on social media. Like I stood my ground. I'm very vocal and very passionate, like you said, and I'll stay on my ground with certain things. Uh, and then what you go then? I mean, cooler heads, like I said, just like cooler heads will prevail. It, I mean, we're, it's all business at the end of the day and stuff like that. People are, especially when you get a bunch of passionate people about this, the same sport and the same business that a lot of times almost like politics, they'll collide and stuff like that. And they'll start freaking, you know, screaming and yelling at each other. And, uh, I mean, I butted heads with them and about past experiences, like no, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. I had way worse experience WA. My experience in my two years at impact was fun. I had fun in impact. I, I got to travel, see a lot of places. Uh, I went back to India for a second time. I went to Canada a bunch of times. And Vegas, I've never been to Vegas. They took me a whole bunch of places that I've never been before. Um, so, And I got to hang out with a lot of my buddies. I was very laid back. It wasn't the stress like that I had when I was in developmental with WWE. Like, I had a lot of friends there. A lot of I was friends with The Office. I was hanging out with Scott Moore and Sanjay Dutt all the time. And Josh Matthews and all of the guys there. And and uh, it was it was it was fun. It was I did not I didn't leave there on bad terms. I didn't leave there bitter and angry. Like ultimately, they still tried to book me after my contract was up. And it, what what made it fall apart? It wasn't a money scenario and stuff like that. Uh, it was it was my body was falling apart. Like when I was doing the tag match with Follow Thing, a lot of people was like, "Hey, well, you should have been pushed to main event. You should have you should." I said, "Guys, what you don't realize is I was okay with the tag stuff because." My, I was like, literally, I was falling apart. Like, my body was hurting so bad, and just being protected in that goofy comedy tag tag gimmick with Bala was actually a saving grace, where I I could do minimal amount of work um, while trying my best to recover. Because like, I was I was really the first year, because especially the first year when we were filming like two weeks of TV on top of the explosion matches, on top of the one night only matches. And like the lesser card, the lesser known guys were the ones doing it, like myself, yeah. Brad Sutter, Fala, Shira, all of these people, um, Rohit. Uh, the, we were getting thrown in multiple, multiple matches to fill in these other matches that they needed content for. They weren't putting in the top, the top guys like Eli Drake and EC3 and these guys. They were filling it with us. So we were wrestling four, three, four, five, six times a day, insane amount of matches a day where. And then you're times you're timesing this by you know on a, on a short loop it was four days but on a long one it was six so sometimes you were doing like three four matches a day times six days in a row like dude I was getting and the, I really was doing this 17 years at this point I was starting to fall apart like um and luckily there was after a six day taping you didn't have to film again for a couple of months mm-hmm. so that was saving grace but I'm not even kidding for like that next week or so I was walking around like some brittle old man that couldn't even get out of bed like that needed a cane and it was it was rough and uh so that's when when my contract I always I had it in my head I was like I'm, I can't resign another contract until I make right with myself and feel like I need to recover I have to physically recover and then I, I've been using that whole time and dropping weight, getting in shape, and uh, what's it called? Like, I'm, I'm planning on full. I'm going to make the trip out to Columbia to get the stem cell work on the knees done and to start really trying to, you know, I've been doing a lot of DDP yoga to try to get uh, a lot of my years back because, I mean, I'm just gradually falling apart day by day. Uh, but now uh, I'm feeling better now than I have in so freaking long. So this time away has uh, actually done me extremely well. 
No, yeah, you definitely look better. You're bigger. You're, you know, you you, you go to the gym. Now the gym is open. You're finally there again. Oh, uh, it's not open. Gym's not open. But, not in Jersey. All right. Well, well, wherever you go, wherever you get your way in or whatever. But you know, you're making it work. You're making yourself, you know, still become that big ass motherfucker that we saw on Impact and you know, in independent scene. So. I, what I loved about it was your gear with Fallabot. That was the funniest thing. Was that your idea to put Dexter on your on your like pants? <laughs> to put to put my favorite yeah, Dexter on the gear was that that part was my idea. But uh, I forget who it was. It might have been me that said like I would I would get, or I don't know if it was Sanjay or myself said like me. I, mean, I think Sanjay said, "Imagine you wearing the sewer thing." I said, "I'll do it." And he said, "Are you serious?" And then. I, I remember, I don't know if it was me I came up with it or someone suggested it as a joke, and I said, I'll absolutely do it. Congo Kong's the one who actually made that gear. He makes gear. Wow. Oh, yeah, it looked it looked really well with the tag team, you know? Because when you have you and you have Fala, it's it's the, it's the a little bit like, are they really a tag team? It looks one side. But when you both came out in that same gear, that was, like, the funniest thing. It was the coolest thing. I loved it, personally. That was pretty hilarious. Well, yeah, no, us, uh, yeah, us wearing us. I think because the idea was at that point I was really in really good shape. Me wearing a sumo outfit was so stupid; it didn't make any sense because I'm not a sumo. But then it's funny too because then I got complacent and like in that outfit I was like, yeah, it covers my stomach. And then I kind of half-assed my workouts, and then I actually towards the end I started gaining weight. And I was like, no, dude. And then Fala started getting in shape. I was like, yo, we're literally reversing roles right now. I'm really becoming a sumo. <laughs> It works, it works. All right, let's get with uh, what I want to know is because you're really big in the independent scene. You know what's going on in places. Who are a few talents we need to look at? Like for people that are listening to this, who are a few talents that we need to start looking at more? Like it's Ricochet or like it's, you know, because back then the independent scene was small. We only knew people that came through like Lucha Underground and, and they've been doing independent scenes for a long time. But now we're more open with independence. We go on YouTube and we can find a match and we can fall in love with that. So tell me who are a few guys that we can look at in the, in the independent scene that will one day become rising stars. Well, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, believe it or not, I actually don't literally watch all of, I'm, I'm not good with that where it comes to watching all the pro wrestling gorilla and all the other stuff. But I mean, all of the top talent has pretty much been um, taken at some point between Ring of Honor and all these companies that are everyone. It's a good thing in wrestling where you have a bunch of companies willing to are trying to sign people left and right to exclusive contracts. But um, I mean, so I can't. There's a lot of good untapped talent out there. Um, but on my end, I mean, I'll just speak on behalf of our guys. Where guys like um, Anthony Bowens, I've said a million times, needs to get uh needs to get get a contract and it's and it's a, almost a professional wrestling crime that he does not have a contract because he's tv ready he looks tv ready can cut a promo can looks like a hundred billion dollars uh physically and can go in the ring and it's like anyone i put this guy against from brian cage to eli drake always uh, literally and i was doing it by design to show well, i was with impact at the time to show impact how he works with their guys and he was literally like these matches were insane where i'm like they're gonna sign him they're gonna sign him they, and every, I, I i went to the office multiple times i said you need to like dude like what the hell man stop bringing in these like former like tv guys elsewhere and paying them a shitload of money 
where, I mean, they're not moving the needles on create your own stars. Guys, I have guys here that you can make into main event stars. Bowens is a freaking star. Like, I, I went to, and I still go to bat for him, and I went very public. And even, even like Chris Statland, who was trained by Patton Hawkins before she was signed by AEW, I was very vocal on social media where, and I was putting her, we were bringing in, you name the talent from Ivelisse to Emma to whoever, any top girl we could find, we would bring them in. To put Statlander with them, and then I, I remember going online saying Chris Statlander is, in my opinion, the best unsigned female in the entire freaking world right now. And I uh, and I was and then people were like, wow, that's a bold statement, blah blah. And then and not my tweets had nothing to do with it, but I mean, luckily she got she got looked at by AEW, and they when she had one match, and they're like, holy crap, this girl's this girl's ridiculous. Like we have to take her. So. Um, like, I like to believe that I do have a good eye for talent. So, uh, Bowens needs to get hired somewhere. We have a guy named Bobby Wayward over here that's ready to go. Bobby, can you can throw him in the ring with anybody, and he'll he'll deliver hands-on. We put, we put him against top guys that we brought in. Like, I have my go-to guys, I call it. He's ready to go. A guy like Matt McIntosh has been ready. Um, you know, then there's, uh, I don't know, freaking... We have guys like Justin Carino and uh, Sean Donovan, and there's there's just other guys on the roster. LSG's a Ring of Honor guy. That's I don't know if he's still in Ring of Honor, but he was doing Ring of Honor and WrestlePro at the same time. But now he wrestles for us full time too. So LSG's been ready. He did the Guardian <laughs> and stuff like that. That guy's beyond ready to go. Um, so he, he should he should he should be on. Uh, he should get a real deal somewhere. So we have a lot of we have a lot of good guys under our umbrella um, that uh that are, are already, in yeah. my opinion, that I, that I would happily sign off on and, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, well, definitely, you know, people that are listening will definitely look them up, watch their matches. I'm definitely going to do that. That's that's the point of, you know, always getting the name out, getting people to look at them. So that's really good. So you've talked about it a lot. We talked about um, audience right now in, in wrestling promotions. Like some promotions get their wrestlers to do it. Some promotions get their crews, workers to do it. Talk to me about one side of NX, one side of AEW to one side of WWE between having no fans. Well, a, a, AEW, um, and this is me. I'm trying to be completely biased. It's not me having an affiliation with either company. Where I'm just gonna look at both from an outside perspective and stuff like that. Like uh, WWE, they 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 could they could say what they want about AEW, but I mean from Right off the bat, when the no crowd thing happened, AEW, the first thing I noticed, WWE treated as if there was a crowd. When there was no crowd, the camera work stayed the same. AEW was smart. They faced their hard camera facing the entranceway instead of the fans like WWE did the week before. And then uh, then you fast, then you flip it around the following week. Hey, look at that. WWE switched their camera work the, the same way AEW had it because that's their way of saying, like, oh, crap, their way was a little bit better than ours and looked better. And then the... They tried to not give in to what AEW was doing, making their the boys, the the fans and stuff like that. But just the energy came across so much different on TV that they ultimately had to bite the bullet. But they added the plexiglass to it, and they made the cardinal mistake that I've been very vocal about, where it's not only is it corny, it's humiliating for your talent. It's humiliating that you're 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 announcing that these guys are your NXT roster, your future talent, your future stars. You're putting them in the crowd 
with these crispy, brand new, fresh off the stand edge T-shirts and all of these other ones and these hats and making them do thumbs up and thumbs down looking like fools. It's not authentic. No one's believing this. It's insulting to the fans. It's insulting to your, your, your students. It's full-blown insulting and embarrassing and humiliating. Um, when you watch AEW, you see MJF in the crowd doing his shtick. You see uh, Orange Cassidy just not caring in the crowd. You see, it's it, everyone has their characters that they're putting over. And when you're seeing, like, oh, that's him. Oh, look what he's doing. Like, and then they're vocal, but they're you could tell they're actually having fun with this. Yeah. Like, they, they they're allowed to have fun. Whereas when you watch WWE, like, you're a fan watching this. Uh, you, you you can't see the difference between the AEW guys having fun and the WWE. You could tell there's strings being. Pulled with the with the NXT fans, fans wrestlers in the crowd, and they're wearing they're wearing shirts and stuff. And you know you have Drew McIntyre come out and say, "Come on, make some noise!" And the wrestlers going, "Yeah!" That's not real. That's not authentic. It's it's hokey, and you're you're now pretending that they're real fans and they're not talent. And it, whereas AEW doesn't do that, and AEW is also smart too because they also have spicker spatter people scattered all the way in the far background to even make more noise mm. but they focus on their talent around doing and it's almost like even though they're 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 the, they're the crowd and the fans the the camera work alone and certain things that, that, that they incorporate them in the matches and stuff where it's putting them over as their characters too so it's like they could be jungle boy versus uh whatever uh santana in the ring and then there's certain things happening amongst the boys in the crowd where it's like like with penelope ford and kip where it's putting over that storyline with this one it's like it's very genius what they're doing and it's it's not insulting none of the fans are watching us embarrassed for the talent where you are watching you're embarrassed for them i feel bad people that i know that i'm seeing in the crowd i'm like i i literally I swear to God, I, when I, I saw Santana a couple of times in the crowd, and I've, I've been very vocal about Santana Garrett, where I think she's a star. I think she looks like a star. I think she works like a star. We've used her on shows. I think if, if I had a real company that I could sign people to, I would. she would probably be the first girl, like one of them, that I would sign and say, like, listen, I want to lock you down. Like, I want to make you the face of the company. Like, I think, I think she's she's literally a star literally and then when i see her in the crowd with an edge shirt on having to do thumbs up i literally i i remember saying like mumbling the words like i'm sorry like i'm sorry like i'm sorry this is happening to you <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah. you should you should be on the show wrestling charlotte flair right now but they have you doing this like this is not this is this is crazy and i i even talked to her one time at impact where i told her i said how are you not you live in, how are you not signed right now? This is crazy town. This is, I could not wrap my brain around it. So, but then there's other ones I just, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, again, like, let, give them seats. Stop making them stand for yeah, freaking. Yeah, I never understood that. I never understood that. Let them, let them sit down. Let them wear what they want to wear. Let them, let them, let them act how they want to act. Like, stop. Like, stop insulting them. It's just, that's what it is. That's the only way I could think of it. It's just insulting to everyone watching. It's insulting to them. And it's, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't agree with it. It's just, and the, and now it's, it almost seems like, like, I don't even know the right word. You're making them, you're not even letting them sit for like 10 hours. You're not feeding them. What the hell is this? What, what is going on? <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> like, what is, no, no, like I've read a report again. This is, I, no one's telling me these things. I did read a report saying like, like, um, 
what's her called? What's her name? Uh, Nikki, Nikki, uh, Alexa's partner. Nikki Cross. Yeah, Nikki Cross, like, bought all of them pizza. I'm like, are these people not being fed? What? <laughs> so, I didn't even think about God, it like that. I didn't even, like, think about them not eating for basically three hours or four hours. Wow. It's just, I, I wish, I, again, I agree with putting them, let, let, let them, let them hang out in the crowd let, to fill it up, to make some noise, stuff like that. You, you dictating when they cheer and boo and act like silly fans, like, like, like they're not future talent, um, is, is one of the most insulting things. And that, that, that they should really do away with that. They should switch that. I, I, again, I don't know who, whose idea it was. We could all p- probably guess, but it's, it's not, it's not, not cool. Right. AW AW wins that battle when it comes to how they're treating their talent. Right. Uh, for sure. In the not in the in the COVID world, AEW wins that. Speaking of COVID world, I wanna talk about a little bit more, like just a few more things about AW WWE. Right now, WWE just got a whole bunch of COVID. Uh, basically, people got infected with COVID. And uh, I at one point when it was WrestleMania and everyone was talking about the Taker versus AJ match, this was already during the pandemic. You got to see photos of like 30, 40 people out there filming that match. So they broke hella laws to get that done. And now they have all these, you know, incidents. How do you feel about that? What do you think was their biggest mistake from that? Well, um, again, I'm just going by what I'm reading online and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't talked to any actual friends of mine that are in the company about any of this and stuff it seems like uh, a lot of them are it seems like a lot of people over there during this time are in the unknown type deal where they're not they they don't know what's going on they're finding out day by day and like i don't think you know i I think it's just a little a lot of mystery going on and it seems like um just based on what i read and i talked to a lot more people over at aw and they there and it's this i mean this is this whole thing's coming across like i'm super hateful for that i'm not like it's, it's just like it seems like i'm just bashed wwe and praising AEW. that's not the point of this but i'm just in comparison the way that they've been handling the covid treatments and testing people and taking precautionary measures and stuff like that where it seems and i hate to say that WWE and again I'm, it's not just my opinion it's kind of universal that they've been a little reckless when it comes to uh the handling of this so uh, yeah, yeah. Because then again, I mean, then again sir, a certain individual in that company is a big fan of uh, the president too, who and the president is not really taking this too serious either. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the one who just said, uh, "If we need to start testing less, if we <laughs> test less, there'll be less positive cases." I so, can't. I can't with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, right now we just got word that Renee Young is positive and, you know, Moxley still goes home from AEW. So now it's like this could be a whole monopoly right now. You know, this can get to a whole bigger deal, even though AEW is definitely taking it a lot more serious. They have tests and you see that by watching, you know, Sammy's vlogs. You see how he goes through all those tests. So yeah, you know, there's there's uh you have to be serious at some points and that's definitely gonna be didn't take seriously enough. Last thing I'm gonna get with these companies, and I'm gonna talk more about you, it's the AW Dark. I'm a huge fan of seeing, you know, independent talent, new talent like um Robert Anthony, for example, someone who's been in the independent scene for a very long time, and we just got to see him recently, you know, on AEW Dark versus Moxley Cage, you know, he did stuff with Spears. 
I'm, how do you feel about, you know, them always getting a fresh amount of talent? Like, they already have huge roster, but they keep getting more guys on dark and more of a push. Well, you got to understand that AEW is a, is a company by the boys for the boys type deal. Like, when you have, like, the Bucks hooking up their people and Omega hooking up his, Cody hooking up his, and then you have the guys on the higher end, like, the higher end talent over there, like, whether it be Adam Page or MJF or whoever, whoever, like, they're putting in words for their people, and then, like, to their, it's, it's pretty cool, and Tony Khan's a cool dude, like, uh, I had the benefit of hanging out with him one time, like, in Miami, where I met up with Janelle, and he was with Tony Khan, and, to, I, and that was my first interaction, Tony Khan is a cool freaking dude, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you could tell that he's a big wrestling fan, too, and he, he'll literally probably just listen to all the concerns or ideas that the talent has and you know and again it's it's a company for the boys by the boys it's not an old school mindset where it's uh no we need this we need this everyone's doing what i say like it seems like it's a team effort and it comes across that way on tv it comes across fun and it reminds me a lot of like uh, even watching the shows and stuff like that it reminds me similar with more structure but with ecw where ecw just looked like chaotic fun where just like so much is going on at the same time. It's like, what the hell is this? This is awesome, man. It's just like freaking, just like a good time, man. Whereas other companies don't come across that same way. And so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of them, um, they're, they're utilizing a lot of people. Like, they can they give everyone contracts? No, but I mean, they'll throw bones and give paydays and give matches because they know how much it means to just to be able to say you work for a company like that or to, like just, they'll just fill it in with, all of their guys, like, yeah, bring in different guys each week and give them matches, give them matches, and they make sure they give their guy, these guys matches when they come down. And it's just, I think it's just such a cool, this is such a cool thing, man. And like I said, it's just, from all accounts, I haven't been there, uh, but everyone, it just seems like it's a fun place. That's just what everyone gets out of working there or being there. It's just fun. It's not the same stressful headache walking on eggshells paranoid like it's not that same feeling so it, it doesn't surprise me and it's a good feeling though to see a lot of uh the guys get used well, a lot of our guys had used with wwe over the last year or two uh when pat buck was over there and stuff like that he got a ton of the russell pro guys booked over there which is all i love seeing them on tv too it's uh it's it's, it's just um it's just refreshing especially with AEW though like because those some of those matches on dark, those things are long. Those mm -hmm. things are like squash matches. Some of those matches are back and forth, you know, eight, ten minute matches. And it's like, wow, when do you do that? When do you bring these non-contracted guys and give them that kind of ample TV time? Uh, so it's just it's just pretty dope. Yeah. Well, you haven't been there yet because who knows? Who knows what the future will hold? We'll definitely we might see you on an AW roster. <laughs> who knows? But. Since you did brought up, you know, you love seeing people on, on TV, I want to know your reaction, because I don't think you've given it, and I want to hear, what was your reaction seeing Leroy on TV, the, the, on the, as a fan? What was your reaction, just, you know, eating pop, you know, watching a movie or whatever, and you just see him on TV? Well, I knew he was physically there. I did get word beforehand that he was physically going to be there, So, to, but to see him in the crowd, and they actually... My favorite thing is them showing him. And by the way, this is being recorded. I don't know when this is going up, but today's officially Leroy's birthday. So happy birthday, <laughs> Leroy. Uh, to see him getting shown 
And then Jim Ross putting it over. He's like, Nasty Leroy better sit down. He's going to have a heart attack. He said something like that because Leroy got up and he started dancing like a <laughs> lunatic. Uh, and then what you call on top of that, then when Janela, my favorite part is when Janela hits the elbow off the top because Excalibur is one of the boys too. So he, he knows he's smart to what's going on with these IG lives and all this other stuff. He follows it all. Janela hits the elbow on Cody. And then uh, Cody kicks out at 2.5. And then um, Excalibur's like, the Janela zone almost uh, jumped out of their seat. And Jim Rose like, what the hell is the Janela <laughs> zone? And then happened to just show Leroy at that exact moment. And then Excalibur's like, that right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing about, you know, AEW. You know, the, it, so much, you know, little things go into that. And, and that was such a big, you know, thing for Leroy. Especially, the, you know, the Janela zone. Everyone was watching that. Um, so, you know, as we get to AW, do you feel like, and, and this is the last question concerning AW and WWE and all that, do you think that uh, Janela will keep Leroy more as, uh, like, a manager kind of thing, since it's, like, part of the humor? But, man, I have no idea. I, you, you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> Janela, Janela is a mad scientist of pro wrestling. Janela has these insane ideas that 99% of the people, before he started blowing up, including myself, would have been like, Bro, that will never work. It's crazy. And then he makes it work. It goes viral. And I learned not to doubt anything that kid says anymore because, it, like, he can come up, he can come up with the most ludicrous idea. And I'm just like, whatever you, do whatever you want to do, man. I have no doubt. Go. I trust you. Like, because his his shit works, man. Like, even when I some of his ideas where I try to play it out of my head, I'm like, I can't picture this working. I learned to just stop. Janela, Janela's, he's a little, little mad scientist. So I don't know if Leroy's going to end up in AEW. I don't, I don't know inside info on that whatsoever. It seems like Janela's doing a sunny kiss deal. But um, we do have Leroy on our Alaska show. Janela wants him there. Janela's going to, it's going to be, he's going to manage Janela against Marco Stun. I'm not even going to produce that match or Adrian <laughs> in or anything. I'm literally going to say, I don't care who goes over. I don't care how long you want to go. I don't care what Leroy does, whatever the hell you want to do, just whatever. Don't even tell me, surprise me. <laughs> I still can't believe it, oh, oh, that happened, you know? That was just like a week ago or two weeks ago announced, and, and that's still a shock in so many ways. But let's get to it. Let's get to Osipo, Alaska, because that's your, that's what you're basically, you own that. You're basically the head promoter of it. That's my thing. So... Russell Pro Alaska LLC, bro. It's Kevin McDonald. That's registered <laughs> to me, babe. That's mine. So let's talk more about it because as a fan, your roster is stacked, especially seeing Brian Myers, a.k.a. Card Hawkins, you know, back. I'm a huge, you know, Prince of Queens fan. You know, I'm, I've been following him since the independent scene. To see him back in the independent scene, that's going to be amazing. Tell me about, you know, how hard it is being a promoter. Tell me about, you know, just booking Alaska and why and how that even came to be. Well, I, it's been a dream of mine to always go there. And then in April 18, 2018, I went there on vacation. And then when I came back, I was like, I fell in love with it just as I always imagined I would. And I came back and I remember putting up a Facebook status August, a couple of months later saying, hey, I said, uh, my goal is I'm going to my bucket list goal is to run a wrestling event in Alaska. I had a bunch of people commented, like it, say they're going to come if I ever do it. No one in a million, billion, bajillion years ever predicted that I'd pull that off. But I remember back in 2001, Stephen DeAngelis, old school ECW ring announcer, he did a couple of shows there. He did like two or three shows over there. So I, was, I always remember that because I was wrestling at that time. And I was like, how the hell did he do that? So I, I looked up the venue he ran in, which was the Sullivan Arena. 
I reached out to them. I even hit up Stephen DeAngelis if he wanted to get involved. Originally, he looked seemed interested, but then that fizzled out. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'll try to pull it off on myself. So he said he had a guy over there that lived over there, but then since moved to Texas and he's not over there. So he didn't have, there was no boots on grounds over there. So like that guy, I guess, structured everything from over there. And I was like, okay, let's see if I can pull this off. Um, I contacted the building. I got a number. I said, that works. That, that price works. And I said, how the hell do I promote this thing? Oh, and plus I'm going to have to fly in everybody. I said, okay. So there's, I looked up what WWE does when they go there every five years, and they draw fans. They draw, you know, 5,000, 5,500 people, and it's one of their better uh, house show markets. So I was like, okay, this is uh, – there's a fan base here. There's a fan base here. I looked up a chart, actually, that showed uh, WWE grades their house show attendances and their crowds by towns, like for, at letter grades. And, like, Anchorage, Alaska, they gave, like, an A- minus to. And it, the letters go all the way up to, like, F or D- minus or something like that, and that's one of their higher um, – what you call grades that they gave and i was like okay so there is a wrestling market i looked i did my numbers i didn't just go in there blind but then i went in there saying i'm gonna i'll run commercials i'll do radio advertising and um and then yeah so i had to locate a ring i located like virtually the only ring over there and one individual put me through to this other guy matt over there and then matt is like my partner over there he started handling groundwork he's like i want to be involved he was running small minuscule hybrid shows mma wrestling boxing all combined in one show type deal in these little tiny towns and he's a big diehard wrestling guy so he's like i want to be involved in this i've never been involved in some of this big ball so then he started lining up little sponsors and you know then turned into bigger ones like but not budweiser and, and the u.s army and, and david busters and stuff like that where i mean it wasn't it wasn't they, they don't get because it's not crazy money it's not by any means covering a show but it's putting it's helping out and um and definitely helping out so i was like okay so then that started working out and then we started growing and then the guy jt west came to our april show that we had mick we brought in mick foley because we're like we're gonna bring in a bunch of uh bigger name people and then that will bring in the crowd and then the smaller like our guys will shine so we brought got a headliner Mick Foley. We got who never been there. He wanted to go. He's never. That was the last state on his list. We had Mick Foley. We had John Morrison. We had uh, Hornswoggle, Colt Cabana, uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie, Scarlett, um, Katarina Lee, on the first show called The North Will Remember. So we did that one. The building, the venue held 80, 8,400 people. That's how big that venue was. If we sold it out, I would be living in a nice, huge <laughs> man. Pretty sweet. Uh, but so after we ran that show, then this guy, JT West, who's an old school Memphis guy, he used to run a school. It inspired him to kick back off his school. And then we started doing business with him. So then uh, he, once he started running the school, now he went from three students. He has like upwards of 20 students. So now I have boots on the ground over there as far as kids going out. They'll put up the posters. They'll do this. They'll do that. And I, I feature his guys in student matches on our show. So now they have reason to join the his school because they'll get to wrestle on our shows and then they do the the the, the paying due legwork out there um and hanging posters and stuff like that so and now i have even more sponsors on board matt keeps lining up more stuff and then more businesses and companies so after the first show it was supposed to be a one and done just say we did it. we drew 1300 people the show was profitable I mean, we didn't sell the arena out, but, I mean, we drew 1,300 as an independent wrestling company coming to Alaska, flying in 20-something people in the, on a crazy, crazy budgeted show. Uh, and it turned money, turned profit. So I, 
I, I remember before that show even kicked off that day, I told Pat, I said, dude, I want a return date. I said, I don't want this to be one done. He's like, okay, yeah, get a return date. So I went up to the office and I got a return date. I wanted October, but WWE had a hold on October and their contract says you can't run three months, six months before, or three months after WWE runs there. But they didn't pay. They only had a hold on that date. So they said you could do a December. I said, damn it. But then I announced in the live crowd, the crowd stayed the whole show. We did a speech in the ring afterwards. I said, you guys want to know how the show came about? And they're like, yeah, yeah, They started chanting, please come back, uh, Russell Pro. And then I said, well, you guys want us to be back? And they thunderously ch- screaming for us to come back. They're so, they don't get this. So they're so thirsty and appreciative. That's the word that I, I use to those fans. They're so damn appreciative because they don't get this over there. And that every fan that came over to us, like, thank you for coming. We're, we appreciate you. We appreciate you coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So when we... um. When I announced that, I was like, we, I, before the show started, I went and got a return date for the fall. The crowd went freaking ape shit. They went crazy. So then we announced uh, a return in December. We brought in Bret Hart and stuff like that. We threw close to 1,000 that show. So it, it seems like our range, you know, and that's December. That's when it was frigid cold. I mean, just the thought of pulling off uh, a show in Alaska in December, like, think of that one. We call that one I Heart Wrestling. I love wrestling, but it was yeah. Bret Hart. I thought it was pretty freaking nifty. So that was pretty wild. That was Bret Hart's first time in the Sullivan Arena in Anchorage, Alaska, since 1989 when he wrestled Mr. Perfect in that building. Um, and then that was the, that Matt, that he said that was his best match ever with Kurt Henning, and he never got to, uh, it was never recorded. It was never videotaped. It was a house show. I said, shit, that sucks. So, um, <laughs> But we did, we, the December, we hosted the first ever ladder match in Alaska. It's never been done in Alaska wrestling history. We did a ladder match. We suspended That's our own awesome. belt. So we did uh, Anthony Bowens, Matt McIntosh, LSG, and uh, Bobby Wayward in a four-way ladder match. And they blew the freaking roof off of that building. Bowens got the belt. Uh, and then it's cool because I, I videotaped it as it happened and I quickly threw it on a Russell Pro page over here that has 26,000 people. And so our, all of our fans, like, they were up to date as soon as it happened. And they're like, holy crap. It, it almost seems cool, too, because I run the Russell Pro last page and we also have the Russell Pro page. And then I, it's it's like, how do you cross-promote these? And it's, I don't, I thought, if anybody else said they were doing this, I would say you're out of your mind. But somehow, some way, I'm able to do it and the fans are following what's going on. And, what I, and now what I'm doing is I have our, uh, our camera crew coming out with us that we're out for the last the GoPro wrestling guys who are amazing. We're gonna live stream the the uh, September show on our Facebook page on the Russell Pro the regular Russell Pro page for all of our fans over here and around the world to actually watch what we're pulling off over there because we have a lot of AEW guys. We have DDP. We have uh, Gangrel and a bunch of others that will bring in the the viewers. And it's one. It's September. It's close. It's the free wrestling show it's on youtube it's i mean it's going to be on uh, streaming for free and so a lot of eyes will get on it but i think me most importantly for me a lot of eyes will start seeing guys like that i just named the bowens and stuff like that that we have that will shine bright on this show where like they're like oh yeah i know janelle i know orange cassie i know him this one. And like, i'm not that familiar with Dion roosman versus anthony bowens they look they look good let me see that match was awesome those guys are great i kind of want that i want our guys to to actually get you know i'm not i'm not all about the money i'm about um like uh, opportunity and stuff like that and getting our guys known and uh contracted and stuff like that so 
if I don't have to, you know, I'm sure this show's going to turn a good profit, but I'm not, I don't need to say, yeah, let's sell the, the stream for six ninety nine and try to make, like, I'd rather just say, here's, thank you fans here. This is for you guys. Like, whatever <laughs> watch the show yeah and that's that's awesome the fact that we're getting it for free the fact that it's going to be filmed you know in alaska you know that's going to be live in alaska it's an awesome just to even say that's happening you know and the, the selling point to myself just like <laughs> a live stream from live a wrestling event from alaska it's like what i think that's just another check in the box of some crazy ass idea that i'm doing <laughs> you are a visionary you're a visionary that's why i got you on here because your mind has a lot of ideas and and you're definitely someone that's you know the do it type and i just wanted to say it yeah I, the more i've you know heard you speak the more i've seen you you are a doer more than just you know saying you're gonna do something but let's talk about what you said about you know you want people to see these guys want to see these people shine that's what i'm doing currently with wrestling like yeah you have company wrestling but i go in the independent scene i find guys from like fsw so much talent at fsw so much talent in house of glory there's fsw wait fsw over in vegas yeah vegas wrestling yeah yeah, I went to I went to one of their shows when I was there in December. Actually, uh, I, I forget the promoter's name, but he he, he welcomed Joey and myself went over there. We went to see the UFC fight, but he welcomed us with open arms there, dude. Their show was awesome. I don't know if they're gonna see this, but FSW show is. They follow awesome. me. So they will. They follow me. So they will. But but yeah, you know, I've got an, a lot of roster from there from FSW, and just that's like that's how big the independent scene is now you know just like you know what you're doing with pro alaska you know what house of glory is doing or you know vegas it's all so powerful that the company doesn't really at one point used to be like oh my god there'll be a show because it's the only thing that's you know in wrestling or ucw or stuff like that now you have schools everywhere with fresh town fresh faces that's the best thing that's that's and that's the game plan again because like I'm also like I don't know if my in-ring career is done I don't think it is uh, I mean I, I think I have a little bit left in the tank to do but um at the end of the day like I'm always gonna double dip I could get contracted tomorrow with somebody I never stopped throughout my entire Impact run I never stopped promoting shows and running shows and stuff like that so whether I go back to Impact I sign with AEW Ring of Honor sign with nobody it doesn't matter I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and keep creating uh, and making what we have bigger over here like building up the Russell Pro brand and then especially like my bread and butter is the Alaska stuff like because again there's a million companies in New Jersey and stuff where I like to think we're one of the more prominent ones along with like GCW and stuff like that and there's a lot underneath us I mean our name kind of holds weight a lot of people want to work for us I mean we've done a pretty good job of building that up but uh I mean it's just such a rush for me <laughs> to um to to keep building something in this land that doesn't have anything and like i'm now now a wrestling school form because of us and now students are becoming wrestlers over there and they're going to be their first shows ever are going to be amongst these juggernaut shows that were never in alaska before now their first shows there's now wrestling training there because of us and now there's there these people are going to be on shows with the likes of like a mick foley bret hart DDP, like for a new student in a in a state that is forgotten about, that doesn't have any wrestling, and that it's just and just to know that like I I was crucial in uh, playing a part in making all of this happen is just so much more rewarding than uh, just doing a televised match somewhere or or a nice pay one day payday or something like that. So uh, again, it's just 
it's it's the beginning trial. I said the first show made money. It did. The second show, unfortunately, we did take a little hit, but it's a trial and error where, and after that, it wasn't me saying, oh, screw this. I turned around, I registered the name, put it under my eyes, like, all right. I was like, I'm taking now I'm taking the good from the first one, the good and the bad from the second one, looking at numbers, looking at this. And then I was like, clearly, I'm not drawing going to draw 8000 fans. I, I, I'm going to draw between, you know, one in, in 1500. So why am I? Let's do their sister building. Let's run their venue that holds 1100 people and sell it out. Let's let's uh, let's bring in let a little bit less people let's bring in a little a little less higher value people let's uh do a little bit more of this let's get a little bit more sponsor let's do it i'm just going up and down with stuff and and numbers wise it's uh it's it's actually it's working out extremely well and um I'm, 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 this show is going to be a smash um and i'm super super stoked for it and then i already have december 5th on on reserve as well and my game plan going forward instead of knocking out you know two a year is going to be to do uh at least three to four i would like to do every three months like would be the main plan but i also announced what another plan of mine was not because since all these guys are coming out instead of doing one show let's try to tackle two towns to make it really worth it since we have 20 flights coming in you know all the, virtually every i mean probably 80 percent of the show are flights coming in so uh I, my my partner out there matt he he lives three hours away in a town called soldatna so he he's putting together and he did it already it's already locked down a show the night before so now our guys are going to come in they're going to knock out a show in soldatna three hours away from anchorage and then the following night ended a uh, rock out in anchorage we have the after party at coots which is one of our sponsors a big bar over there we go there then we go uh to the great alaskan bush the gentleman's club it's it's our routine we get they all know we're in town we, we do the after party at coots and right after that we go right to the great alaskan bush the dancers all know us and it's a it, dude it's just it and it's and it's crazy because it, it's like a wrestling a wrestle wrestle wrestlecation wrestle vacation for guys because they're over there but they're living like rock stars. They're not on the road with any major company and stuff like that. We're all over there. We're all brothered up, hanging out, freaking good time. You know, Alaska was snowing everywhere. We're at the bar, at the strip club, you know, it's like, this is, and the smiles on everyone's faces and the appreciated fans that are there, even at the bar after the show. Thank you so much. Fans going up to all the wrestlers. Let me buy you a drink. We thank you so much for coming out. Dude, fans are coming up to the damn merch tables, not buying merch and giving the guys $20 saying, no, here, we know you guys traveled a long way here. We don't want anything. This is just for you guys. I've never seen that. Who the hell's giving $20 with no merch? <laughs> You'll see, you look, there are places that do things differently. But yeah, those are genuine fans who, you know, want you to come back and, and need wrestling in their lives. Because there's so much places that you wouldn't know desperately don't have wrestling and don't. But, you know, I am curious, what's the full match card? And if you don't have the full one, what's what's the matches you could tell us that we're, we're going to see? Well, it's because uh, this show is a bit of a trickle off from the May one that didn't happen that because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Uh, there's a couple that are staying put. Uh, Leroy, uh, I was gonna say, well, Leroy is now gonna manage Janela uh, against um, Marco Stunt, so that match is gonna happen. It was always Janela versus Marco, but now added Leroy to the mix. You're gonna make Leroy start being managing with Janela. That's what's about to start happening in every. That's, event. I'm not doing anything. Anything involving that's this is Janela's baby, his brainchild. Anything involving Leroy has nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, 
what you call it, the night before is a small show. I might, I told Leroy, I was like, I might team with you just to do Thunder Buddies. <laughs> That'd be funny. No one there other than our, my buddy Brian's going to understand what the hell that is. But, um, so, what you call it, then Orange Cassidy versus Colt Cabana. That's going to be a good gonna, one. That's going to be a good one. Or for the title, uh, which is a match, that I'm, this is the match that I'm most probably excited for as far as the fans that don't know what to expect, but it's going to be insane. This, is our, this guy, Dion Roosman. Uh, Iceberg Dion Roosman, who's he's a gem. He's a he's a hell of a find. He, when we announced our first show in April over there, he's from Anchorage. Uh, he's from actually Wasilla, I believe, but um, Alaska. And he relocated to Seth Rollins' school fairly recently to train to take wrestling seriously. He actually, when Pat got him booked as an extra, Pat Buck, when he wrestled uh, in, a, in a it was a it was a squash match, but it was against Alistair Black when they were in Iowa. Um, he was one of the guys. But look, I looks like a million bucks. He looks like Roman Reigns mixed with freaking uh, Aquaman. He actually looks like Aquaman. Come to think of it, like with the long hair and stuff, that Hawaiian Samoan look. He's, I think, he's black and white. I think he's mixed. I mean, and he has like piercing blue eyes. The dude looks like a movie star. He looks like a million freaking bucks. Uh, so he blew us up. And again, like he's like, I'm from there, boy, and I didn't take it serious. I was like, dude, like, what does this guy want? Like on all forms of social media, this guy was like would not leave us the fuck alone and i was like and i was like yo dude all right yeah i was like i don't know uh sunday sunday dutt's actually doing a seminar out in alaska i was like if you want to go to the seminar and he okays you he he went back home to his family he went to that seminar he was gung-ho on getting on this freaking alaska show in his hometown so then he did all that and i was like yeah i guess i'll throw you on i want to put him against chris masters who was on the show too uh and then he did really good he looked really good and he looked like a million bucks. I was like, huh. Okay, this guy has kind of like a certain... Then he hit me up and he's because he's an Iowa. He's like, yo, if I bring myself over to Jersey, he's like, would you be able to book me on the Jersey show? And I said, yeah. And I put him against Justin Carino on one of our Jersey shows. And like the crowd started chanting Iceberg. And our fans are a little bit ruthless and bloodthirsty. They're not just like a family kind of crowd. You have to kind of earn their respect. Yeah. And I got over and I was like... And I, that's when it dawned on me. I was like... There's something with this guy. This guy has, has that it factor for sure. And I said, okay. And then, and then uh, the next show after I was like, dude, I want you on the next Rawway one. It was a six-way ladder match for the number one contender, like a Money in the Bank type deal. It was called On the Spot Title Shot Medallion, and it was a ladder match. And then, like, uh, booking changed last second with one of the participants. And then I had to switch the winner. And then I looked at the landscape of the match. And I was like. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I want to test this out because I have a weird feeling I could catapult this guy to main event picture quickly, and the fans would accept it. And I had him he speared Justin on Edge and I think it was Edge and the Hardys, the like hanging off the yeah, ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then uh, he did that, and crowd was, and then when he grabbed the medallion, crowd exploded, <laughs> and I was like, they accept him. They they they're into this crap, and then. I had him come out later on that night after Matt McIntosh retained his title. It looked like he was going to cash in, and he said, I'm not cashing in now, but I want a time and a date, which is the next show, which was like February 8th in Rahway, and I wanted, I wanted that title match then, and the crowd literally ate it up, and I was like, holy crap. So then fast forward to December, McIntosh wound up losing his belt to Bowens. So now there was a three-way match where it was McIntosh versus Bowens versus uh, Roosman in February for the belt, and McIntosh got pinned. And the uh, Bowens retained the title. So then now I set up a little angle where Dion said, I didn't lose that match. I never got pinned or submitted. I want one more opportunity. And Bowens said, anytime, any place. He's like, name the place. And he's like, and I made the video we put up online. He's like, well, May 9th 
in Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> my hometown. And then, dude, I got chills. Even it's like the Rocky like, thing. Oh you brought God. this up. You, it's like what? Rocky. You you brought this up. It's like the Rocky thing. Yeah, I'm Rocky, also excited for that. With Rock, what's up with their both baby faces? And I was like, Bowens is now, and now the that's the main event. But it's going to be Anthony Bowens is coming into Alaska as the Russell Pro Gold champion, defending it against Dion Roosman, getting his first opportunity to become the, a world champion in his hometown, be the first Alaskan pro wrestler to win a notable championship like and i'm like i was like oh man this <laughs> this is gonna be so i that i might that might be a 30 minuteer that i might i might I that's the, i'm good that's the match i'm banking on the fans um to really because they already know what lsg is capable of and stuff like that they they, they see him in ring of honor and um i mean mcintosh will shine whatever i have him do but that match closing the show i think because I, I honestly truly think people from a lot of the major companies maybe not i don't know if wda's going to watch maybe because they don't really go there maybe someone not vince himself but maybe you know somebody randomly from something will watch mm -hmm. i don't know but i think a couple of major people from major not major people a couple of people from companies are going to watch and i think that match cuz they both look like a million bucks they both work like a million bucks and that's going to close the show i i i have high hopes for that um that for something to come out for someone to reach out uh to either of those guys cuz they both deserve contracts somewhere and i'm just happy that like for me that i'm happy that that that's going to be my closer like it's not going to be any of the the bigger name guys i'm going to close the show rightfully so with with our title with two of our guys and uh do it the right way and those guys are going to close the show in a big freaking way man well yeah people are definitely going to be watching because you know you have aw roster in there the yep. guys in the back will definitely be watching their own you know roster right 100% plus plus like you said the fact that the show is in freaking Alaska I think if we drew nobody if there was no big names everyone would be like there's a live stream I'm curious to see what this even looks like and our presentation with the LED screen it's badass so I, I can't I, wait just... <laughs> I think another hunch even though I get blown up a lot now another hunch after this thing airs for free on Facebook I think my mailbox is going to be bombarded with any and every wrestler saying <laughs> can I get booked on the next one That's another thing like how does it work between you know for as cuz as a promoter there's so much there's there's the flights there's this but what's how does it work with, you know if someone goes hey book me on a show I'll lose I don't care but how does that how do you have like the time to go through everybody and be like are you really good enough how do I know if you're good enough what's the the mindset going into that Well, it, it well it has nothing well that has nothing to do with winning and losing. If anyone said, "Hey, I'm willing to lose." I'm like, "You go suck my ass." Why was that even a why would that why would it even be mess, met, mentioned like like, "Oh, wow, that makes you good. You're willing to lose. You should be willing to lose." It's 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 entertainment. It's predetermined outcomes. The promoter should be the one dictating if he's paying you who's winning and losing, not you. Um so first of all, anybody that even had that in their head that they're not willing to do good business, I uh I uh I don't um I don't do business with. So, have you ever got a message like that? I'm just curious. Have you ever had got a message like that with someone so cocky where they're like, "Yeah, I'm okay with losing and stuff like that"? No, I got I got a message from bigger name talent saying that they can't lose. Uh, can't but lose. not 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 no under not no lesser known guys pulling that crap. Maybe the day of the show uh in the past like they're like, "Well, I'm the champion over at this company like this random a million miles away. I can't like delusional shit like that." But um It's it's just a delusional mindset. Imagine you're the champion at some company in like Boise, Idaho, and like you losing in New Jersey will drop your stock in your home. Like like that mindset is the most delusional shit I've ever heard. Um, but 
Which, as far as I'm honest, like because I always look at myself as one of the boys, and uh, from from their perspective and their eyes, and one of the things I hated as a talent was always being ignored and sending out these emails and stuff, and not getting responses and just getting blown off and ghosted and stuff like that. So I make it a point to I always message back, even if and it's and it's and I tell them the truth. I say, listen, I appreciate you reaching out, but at this time we have two wrestling schools out here that we use a ton of our students from. I was like, there's literally like 70 people that are under our umbrella that we booked. There's just no actual spots on the show to bring in outside people. We like we bring in a couple of TV people and fill the rest of the spots with our guys. Like there's just really once in a blue, like like we'll bring in someone if someone's like, hey, do me a favor, can you? This person's a favor, a friend of mine. Like and, and there's just some kind of business exchange where something like that will happen. But, like, as far as, like, hey, I live in Orlando. Like, I've been wrestling four years. Like, there's nothing. I can't I can't help you with that. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can do because of our structure and setup over here. Like, I mean, it, there's just no there's just no way to, to pull that off. Like, I mean, it's not like you physically being on the show is going to help move tickets or, like, you know what I mean? We have a million and one guys to choose from over here and some that I owe favors to and <laughs> some that uh, have just – busted their ass that i like i feel committed to that i'm gonna put first and foremost so i mean and i'm honest and they respect the honesty they're like thank you so much for getting back to me blah 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 i said if you want to send over your stuff i'll happily take a look at it but i'm just being honest right now this i i can't commit to putting you on any shows there's zero room to put anybody on shows yeah yeah i mean i mean it's it's more you know being a promoter it's it's a lot more than just that there's so much on the line so it's really awesome that you know you got into this gig and, and you're definitely making a bright road, you know, for this. Now you have so much going for this. There's again, like I said, the fact that it's in Alaska, you're gonna have tons of views. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a huge thing. It's gonna be a really big project. I'm super excited for it. Um, you know, we talked a lot and, and we got through a lot. I'm really happy that you 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 had time to sit down with me and do this. But um, I want to end it off with one thing, and it's a small thing. You know, you have been on Impact. You've been there at, at its, you know, highs, at its lows. Have you watched any of it recently to what they're doing? I, I have not. Not since they've been on Access. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I've been – I can – I just – little clips here and there online. I heard uh, through multiple people that the show is getting really good, though. Yeah, I would, that's that's what I was going to go for because, you know, Impact has changed in in a big way from what it, from what it was a couple of years ago or what it was, you know – at, uh, before access and with the amount of stars they have with Tessa Blanchard being you know the impact champion you know there's just so much going on so I, w I was curious if you were still you know in contact or in in like discussion with impact on uh any future related like you know you're a promoter so you'll definitely get your guys on there you'll definitely try to help out but have they is there any way that you know impact roster would help out your you know school like they'll to go to your like yeah you get AEW stars it's possible to get impact stars on your shows. Well, we've done that a bunch of times in the past. We've done uh, co-promoted shows with Impact probably a good six, seven different times uh, where it was a split show. So we've done a lot of business with them. As far as um, like Alaska stuff goes, I don't know. Um, I, I tentatively are in working out something with like Ring of Honor for December. Uh, maybe, but if that falls through, I kind of like the AEW because uh, AEW doesn't plan to ever run Alaska. Nobody really does. <laughs> 
So I kind of like the and AEW's red hot over there. The fans are loving the talent. So there's a lot of their guys have reached out to me that I want to get over there. I, I'm, I'm buddies with uh, Santana Ortiz. I'm, I'm planning on getting them out there. I would love to get Jungle Boy out there. You know, <laughs> um, there's 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 still a lot. I mean, and that's I mean, obviously you're talking like uh, Omega Bucks and stuff. I don't know if I could ever pull that off, but uh, I would I would. I'm buddies with the Omega too, but I mean, there's 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 some things that even I can't pull off. But if I can, I would love to do that. But again, it's just and and they're okay. Like the the I brought MJF to the first one. He's Pat Buck students. He main evented our first show. It was him, Janelle, and Pat Buck in the main event. So I had MJF out there. I had Janelle out there already. This time, you know, I have now Cabana is coming back with us and. So I, it seemed like I could build a, a decent relationship, and a lot of their people, especially after I'm announcing AEW guys, have expressed interest in coming out and wrestling out there, and I, I'm totally cool with that, and I would like to make that work. So, like, um, I, as far as Impact, I don't know their reach out there. Um, I, I brought out, like, I had Morrison defend, he defended his um, Impact title the first show. That's oh, actually wow. another thing that I, I keep forgetting about. The very <laughs> first show I had out there, John Morrison defended his Impact title. Taya Valkyrie defended her Impact title. The second show, uh, Sienna, uh, Allison Kay defended the NWA Women's Championship, the first NWA title defense since like 1954 like, or something like that. With Luke Dennis, when he defended it in Fairbanks. Like, that was the first title defense of the NWA title in 60 years. <laughs> You're making, like, this is, be, this is already so huge. I'm so excited, and I've definitely done a lot more research, you know, because at one point I didn't know what this was, and as I'm watching, you know, this is definitely something that's going to be more than talked about. You know what I mean? For sure, All for right. sure. So no, I'm, I'm definitely excited, man. And <laughs> like I said, and this is just scratching the surface on what I want to do because it's still in its infancy. You know, I did two shows, and now I have uh, this third one coming up. Well, there's going to be the small one the night before, but then now it's just what I'm excited about is just doing business. Like, doing business with AEW is... Obviously, I'm not going to be able to do business with WWE going out there. I'm not going to... I don't think uh, Russ Prolesco hosting John Cena is going to happen anytime soon. Which is kind of funny because a fan... A lot of fans there don't know what this independent wrestling thing is. Or Like, one of them commented on, like, the Bret Hart poster and said, What the hell is this show? Where's John Cena and Rey Mysterio? <laughs> oh yep. <laughs> Yep, and another and another person responded after I announced um, uh, maybe maybe Orange Cassidy. I think they commented and said, "What uh, um, you go? Did Chris Jericho ever message you back? I'm like, when the hell did I ever message Chris Jericho? What? What? I said, like, yo, I can sell every bad. organ in my body, and I can't afford to bring Chris Jericho out to Alaska. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, That's come how on. bad it is, man. Like, but again, any and this is. It, what, what we're doing is so freaking rare, and it, it, I don't take anything off the table because there are so many people out there who never wrestled here where I wouldn't be surprised if somebody that I thought was out of my reach is like, yo, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll come in at a fair rate. I just never said I got to wrestle there, so if you don't mind. That, that's very possible, too. There's a lot of people that, that, are, that, are, that have hit me up that said, dude, I've never wrestled. That's literally like the last state that I – it's usually that in Hawaii. But uh, and it's funny too because I brought over Alecki and Rain, my buddy. Well, Rain was my buddy for a long time, who lives in Hawaii, is married to Alecki. They run the only operation in Hawaii. They brought me to Hawaii, and I brought them to Alaska. <laughs> so, so I'm one of the very few people that that didn't do it through WWE that can say they wrestled in Hawaii and Alaska. 
Yeah, you know, memories and historical things always come together. You know, well, what you're doing, you're building walls that are gonna be talked about for who knows how long. Um, before I end it off, I'm, I am curious because you know, talking about Alaska, and I just had a realization. Matt Cross is like one of the biggest. Uh, guys in alaska that's all he talks about when i remember when i had him on a podcast he he only talked about that that's his like favorite place where he likes to wrestle have you got, ever got any comments from people going like are you guys gonna get matt cross stuff like that m dog 20 matt cross yeah matt cross told me he told me that he's never wrestled in alaska i had him in the pod and he brought up alaska well, he, well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's told me, uh-oh, did you just out him over here? He's told me countless times that that's the last state he's never wrestled in, that he's been dying Is to it? wrestle in Alaska. That could have been what that could have been what he said, though. That could have been actually what he said. But, man, if I find out that this guy's been wrestling in Alaska this whole time... No, nah, no, nah, bro, don't bro, don't quote me. I'm not... Do you see what I'm doing my work? Don't quote me on here. This guy's got a blue check mark. I don't. Don't quote me on here. Because he, he messaged me actually not too long ago after I announced this coming show saying hey blah 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 and like he's he said that it's his last date but um <laughs> what you call like i like matt cross matt cross is a nice freaking dude he's a such a good dude amazing wrestler i told him i gave i said flat out i said my man i said if i can't get you on december the first show in the new year like the first quarter i'll have you on that you have my word so i do intend if this was pending that he said he's never been there before. No, Don't I promise. Look, 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 look at, look at, bro. I started this in March. You can't quote me on this. You can't. But, but here's what I'll do for you. Here's what I'll do for you. When I upload my Matt Cross video, I'll send it to you. And if you have the interest, you can watch it for yourself and see a, what you're either doing. Either way, I like, listen, my man, either way, I like Matt Cross. <laughs> I was going to do it regardless, but yeah, I trust him. All right, awesome. All right. Well, yeah, we we're basically done. I I you've you've told me everything. Is there anything you want to say to the fans before before you know I end it off here? No, no, not really, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Superstar KM on all forms of social media. Uh, you can follow Russell Pro on Facebook, Russell Pro Alaska on Facebook. Um, you know, Russell Pro on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. That's the company for any of the cool stuff we're doing. The Russell Pro Alaska page on Facebook is where I update all the cool Alaska stuff. Uh. And as far as, uh, guys, just on the regular WrestlePro Facebook page, I'm going to be streaming this freaking show, the, the entire show, September 19th. It airs at uh, 7 p.m. over there, so Eastern Standard Time is going to be uh, 11 p.m., and at West Coast Time will be 8 p.m., and Central Time, I have no idea. I'm not that good. Uh, so, some other time, <laughs> whatever, you'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, just just – just follow us and just support indie wrestling, support, even support everything, support WWE, the AEW. I mean, the more right now, before this crap hit, the, the, we were in a hell of a boom when AEW, because AEW kicked off, Impact was doing their thing, then MLW's on the rise, NWA's doing their thing, people signing everyone left and right, New Japan's kicking ass out there. It's like, holy crap, this is what we needed, because for so long, it was just like WWE, and then way beneath them was Impact, and that was it. So now it's like, wow, this is crazy. Like, there's options. Like, <laughs> This is the boom we've been waiting for. So this is uh, just just support wrestling, support your local wrestlers, go to Pro Wrestling Tees, buy shirts, buy everything, man. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the ARWP. We'll see you guys next time. What an awesome video. KM is someone I've been wanting to get for a very long time due to the fact that he's wrestled everywhere and almost everyone. He is one of the most talented wrestlers I've seen, you know, in our time. And... I believe that we'll see him back in uh, 
ring again. You will be fighting at the Alaska show that I will be watching with a whole bunch of friends and, you know, enjoying awesome wrestling. So don't miss out on the Super Alaska because people like Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. Brian Myers, will be there. And so many more. You got people like Pat Buck. You got so many talent in the future of talent like Anthony Bowens and Dion Russman. It is amazing. Don't miss it. It will be one hell of a show. Go follow KM. He will be doing lives every day. He communicates with his fans, which is freaking amazing to communicate with your fan. I was on his live twice. I said yabba dabba do, and I got my interview. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next time.